Section 2 of The Art or Craft of Rhetoric. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Amelia Chesley. The Art or Craft of Rhetoric by Leonard Cox. The Author and His Career. Cox himself, scholar, schoolmaster, and preacher in the reigns of Henry VIII and Edward VI, so far as we can construct the story of his career from the confused and defective materials at our command, although playing a minor part, seems to have led a life typical of the times and interesting in its vicissitudes. Educated at both universities, traveling abroad and teaching in three or four of the foreign universities, translating from Erasmus, Melanchthon, and others, writing learned scholia and commentaries, Cox came into touch in one way or another with most of the great men of letters and of learning in his age, and counted among his friends such men as Erasmus, Melanchthon, Leyland, Palsgrave, Bale, Farringdon, Toy the Printer, and John Hales. He was in public employment patronized by Cromwell, and pensioned off in a small way among the other beneficiaries from the spoliation of the ancient religious foundations, and so finally became a preacher of the Reformed religion under Edward VI, and teacher in the grammar schools at Reading, and perhaps at Caerleon and Coventry. Cox thus witnessed and took his share in the two great movements of the first half of the century in England, that of the early humanism, whose chief representatives were Erasmus and Colette, and that of the religious reformation, which at first was so intimately associated with the movement of humanism. Concerning the date of Cox's birth, we know nothing. It must be placed before the opening of the 16th century, for as early as 1518, we find the learning of Cox already so well established as to secure for him the honor of delivering a Latin oration at Krakow in Poland. It is probable that by this date Cox was teaching in the academy at Krakow, where at any rate, in 1524, we find him entered as full master. Between these dates, however, he had traveled elsewhere and had been concerned with other matters, for in 1519 we find the following entry concerning him among the accounts at Tournay. Memorandum. A horse and money given to Leonard Cox to convey stuff from Tournay to Antwerp. Money given to Leonard Cox, Sherland the jester and gunner, and to Matthew's brother at his going to school at Paris. The next definite date in the life of Cox, which I can discover, is the publication in 1524 of his Scalia in Latin on the Latin poem On Hunting by the Cardinal Adrian. This work is dedicated by Cox to Iodoco Ludovico Dedo, Serenissimo ac Potentissimo Regi Polonei Asecritis, Moicenati suo SDP, and the dedication is dated Ex Gymnasio Nostro Casobie. Quator calendas mei anno anatali servatoris quindecim viginti quator. The work was published at Krakow in June of the same year. On the title page, the poem is described as accompanied with Scoliis non interruditis Leonardi Coxi Britanni. All these references can hardly apply to a young man less than 24 years of age. Cox is said to have been the second son of Lawrence Cox of the city of Monmouth in Monmouthshire by Elizabeth Wiley, his wife, 
and the grandson of John Cox. Of his education before entering college, we know nothing beyond Bale's general statement that from his very childhood he was well instructed in liberal studies, nor do we know the date of his entering or of his receiving his degree at Cambridge, where it is stated that he was educated. It is probable, however, that he graduated before 1518, for without a university training, even in those days of precocious learning, he could hardly have occupied the position we find him holding in Poland in 1518 and again in 1524, and have published such work as he then did. In 1524, at any rate, Cox was abroad again, as we have seen. There he remained at least until 1527, since in 1526 we find him publishing another work in Krakow, his Methodus Studiorum Humaniorum, and in 1527 Erasmus is writing to him about affairs in Hungary. It therefore seems improbable that the first edition of his rhetoric published without date, but assigned definitely to 1524 by many bibliographers, could have appeared in that year, written as it is from his school in Reading. Probably, however, somewhere between 1527 and 1530, Cox returned to England and was appointed master of the school at Reading by Hugh Farringdon, the abbot of the place. He was certainly in this position before February 1530, when he supplicated for incorporation and for M.A. at Oxford, as being schoolmaster at Reading. Again, it is impossible to assume, with Hallam, that Cox's rhetoric was written in 1524, and that his Methodus Humaniorum Studiorum in 1526 is a translation of the rhetoric into Latin, for the simple reason that the rhetoric is itself, in greater part, a translation from a well-known Latin original into English, as I shall later have occasion to show and there could be no reason for making another version in Latin by translating back from the English. In May 1527, Erasmus, whose name we find mentioned several times in the course of the following rhetoric, wrote to Cox, who was probably still at Cassau, a letter which has been preserved among the epistles of Erasmus. The following synopsis of the letter is given in Brewer. Thanks him for his letters. Is sorry to hear of the ill health of their friend Eustus. His copia has been again edited six months ago. Gives an account of a disputed reading in Alus Gellius when, twenty years ago, he was engaged at Siena in teaching Alexander, the Archbishop of St. Andrews, brother of the present King of Scotland. Basel, 21st May, 1527. In addition, I find in the original letter the following passage, the precise bearing of which perhaps cannot now be explained but which is interesting as throwing some light on Cox's ambitions and affiliations during his abode in Poland. The churchmen referred to may possibly be the Eustace already mentioned in the letter, while Casoviensis evidently refers to the Casovia or Casau already mentioned as the seat of the school whence Cox dates the dedication to Escalia on the Venatio of Adrian. Ecclesiaste Casoviensis animum Satis admirari non possum, sentio fortunum amplectendum, vel ob id quo pluribus prodesse ques, vel ob hoc ne pessimo quique sit contemptui, etsi qui dignitate preeminent non possunt omnia corrigere 
quae geri conspicuent vel a populo, vel a principibus, tamen nam parum malorum possunt excludere. Si nos invisat reperit nihil aliud, quam pro thesuaro carbones. Cox apparently did not embrace the opportunity suggested, but soon after returned to England. Whether he made any other sojourn abroad is doubtful, and it is probably during these years that his reputation as a European scholar, testified to by Leyland, Bale, and other and later biographers, was established. Leyland's verses are interesting, and taken in connection with Erasmus's letter, show us among other things the comparatively high regard in which Cox was held in his own day, and evince at least some sort of a connection with Melanchthon. Ad Leonardum Coxum, Inclaita Sarmaticae Cracaua Gloria Gentis, Vertutes Novit Coxae Disserte Tuas, Novit et Eloqui Phoenix Etrusque Melanchthon, Quam te Phoebus Amet, Periusque Chorus, Praga Tuas Cecinit, Cecinitque Lutetia Laudes, Urbs erga doctos officiosa viros. Talia cum constant, genitrix tua propria debet, Anglia te simili concelebrare modo. Et faciet nam me cantatum nuper adorta, hoc ipsum usit significare tibi. In or about 1530, then, Cox was appointed master of the grammar school of Reading, Berks, under the patronage of the abbot Hugh Farringdon, a man of some prominence in the political and religious affairs of the day. And soon afterwards, Cox was incorporated at Oxford, receiving his B.A. degree there, February 19th, 1530, N.S. Cox appears to have remained at Reading as schoolmaster, with occasional journeys elsewhere connected with other matters from 1530 to 1541. In or about 1530 also I date conjecturally the first edition of Cox's rhetoric, for the reasons given above. The second edition appeared in 1532, with a few slight changes to be noted further on. In 1530 appeared John Palsgrave's L'Esclassisme de la Langue Francois, in which occur two sets of prefatory Latin verses written by Cox, the first being headed Leonardi Coxi Redingiensis Ludi Moderatoris ad Gallicae Lingue Studiosos Carmen, while the second are complementary verses Oiustum Coxi ad Ereditum Virum Gefridum Troi de Burgis Gallum. In 1532, we hear of Cox again at Reading. About the middle of this year, John Frith, the martyr, venturing back to England after his long exile abroad, visited Reading, where on his arrival he was set in the stocks. Cox, says Wood, who soon discovered his merit by his conversation, relieved his wants, and out of regard to his learning, procured his release. A deed worthy of a humanist and friend of Erasmus. In 1534, we get a glimpse of Cox's occupations and ambitions in a letter of his dated from Reading, 13th of May, 1534, and addressed to the good man Toy at the sign of St. Nicholas in Powell's churchyard. 
It is to be found among the letters and papers of the reign of Henry VIII in the Record Office, Volume 7, Number 659. Good Man Toy, I heartily commend me to you and your good wife, and here I have sent you the paraphrase of Erasmus with the epistle of St. Paul to Titus, and my preface made, as you can bear me record, but suddenly, wherefore it cannot be but easy. Nevertheless, I will desire you to show it unto the right worshipful Master Cromwell, and in any wise to know his pleasure whether it shall abroad or not. If his mastership think it be meet to be printed, I shall, if it so please him, either translate the work that Erasmus made of the manner of prayer, or his paraphrase upon the first and second epistle to Timothy, or else such works as shall please his mastership, and dedicate also any such labors to him. But if this that I have done shall not please his mastership, my trust is yet that he will take no displeasure with me, seeing I did it for a good intent, as the preface to the reader declareth. And again, I would not have it abroad without his pleasure afore knowing. I am also a translating of a book which Erasmus made of the bringing up of children, which I intend to dedicate to the said Master Cromwell, and that shortly after Whitsuntide. Moreover, it showed me that his mastership is recorder of Bristol, wherefore, if I may know by your letters that he is content with my doings, I intend to write to him and beseech him to be my good master for the obtaining of the free school there. For though I have many good masters in the cause, yet I had lever have his favor than all the others. Yea, and it so pleased his mastership, I would be right glad to bear the name of his servant, and so, if you have opportunity, I pray you show him, and send me word what answer you have. Fare you well, from Reading, the 13th day of May, your own Leonard Cox. The Goodman Toy, to whom this letter was written, was the printer John Toy, who issued in 1531, Gradus comparatonum cum verbis anomalis simu cum irum compositus imprinted at London in Paul's Churchyard at the sign of St. Nicholas by me, John Toy. Wolsey's fall occurred in 1529, and by 1533 Cromwell's position and power were well established. Cox is turning to the rising sun. We do not hear of Cox again until 1540, when we find him writing directly to his patron Cromwell as follows. Please your good lordship, Whereas I, your poor bounden servant and daily beadman, have oftentimes considered your special good favor toward me in times past when I was waiting in the court on Sir John Wallop, which it afterward pleased you to renew of your singular goodness when I was last in your lordship's presence at Thornbury. I have been at all times greatly ashamed of myself that I had nothing whereby I might declare again to your good lordship my faithful heart and serviceable mind for your so great benevolence whereupon I have at the last drawn a comment upon a book made sometime by Master Lilly and corrected by Erasmus, which work of grammar is much set by in all schools, both on this side the sea and beyond. This comment of mine made upon the said book, I have here sent and dedicated to you, my special good Lord, as part of witness of my faithful service owed to you for your singular goodness to me, your poor beadman. And though my said diligence be far beneath my duty to your so singular benevolence, yet I must humbly beseech your most good lordship to accept it. And I shall, God willing, 
or long dedicate to you better things. Our Lord preserve your estate with all prosperity and increase of honor. Your good lordships, bounden servant and beadman, Leonard Cox. Endorsed to the right honorable and my special good lord, the Lord Privy Seal. The second letter is as follows. My singular good lord, please your good lordship to understand that a little afore Whitsuntide I received a letter from Monsieur Berthlet, printer to the King's Most Honorable Highness, wherein he certified me of your lordship's goodness toward me, as well in accepting my poor book as in admitting me into your service, and of a further promise of your special benevolence for the which I am most bounden of all men, not only to employ myself with all true diligence to your lordship, the best service that I can, but also to be your daily beadmen during my life. I beseech your good lordship to pardon me that I have not, or this time, as my duty is, given attendance on your lordship, but I trust, or Michaelmas, to bring with me to you a fair better work than that which I have dedicated to you already." and that upon rhetoric, which I intend to entitle Erotimata Rhetorica. I know right well the feebleness of my wit is such that in other things I can do your lordship but small service or none. Yet in this I trust so to serve you that the world shall always be mindful of your singular beneficence, not to me only, but to all that be studious of good learning, wherein I will neither spare busy study and labor, nor cost on books, and once every year I intend, during my life, by God's grace, to set abroad one thing or other to the perpetual praise of your lordship's most excellent virtues and the common profit of students. Thus, with all humility, I for this present time take my leave, beseeching the blessed Trinity long to preserve your good lordship with continual increase of most prosperous honor, Written at Caerleon in Wales on Trinity Sunday, your good lordship's poor servant and bounden beadman, Leonard Cox. Endorsed to the right honorable and my singular good lord, the Lord Privy Seal. The Erotomata Rhetorica, unfortunately, we do not possess. It is likely enough that the confusion and change of fortune intervening on the tragic ending of his patron so soon after writing these letters prevented Cox from going on with his plan. This last letter, it will be noticed, is dated from Caerleon, in Wales. Whether Cox, whose birthplace was in Wales, was there simply on a visit, or whether he had gone to reside there, perhaps after the equally tragic death of his old patron, the Abbot of Reading, in 1539, and was teaching school there, as Wood conjectures, is uncertain. It is, however, certain whether in the meanwhile he had left Reading or not, that on February 10th, 1541, a royal patent was issued granting and confirming to Cox the office of master of the grammar school at Reading. Dedimus et concedimus, as the document runs, ac per presentes demus and concedimus idem Leonardo officium magistri sive preceptoris scola grammaticalis Sive ludi literati vile nostre de reading in comitatu nostru berks. The patent then proceeds also to grant to Cox the message which he was then occupying, together with a plot of ground adjoining ex parte Australi, ac etiam codam aliud mesuagium sive tomum in reading predicta 
modo intenera e occupatione predicti Leonardi vocata a Skolhaus, in copieri modo erediuntur e docentur in arte e scientia predictis. It is also provided that Cox during his lifetime may hold the grant by deputy. In addition, he is to receive condom annuitatum sive annualem reditum decim librarum de exitibus proficuis firmis reventionibus manieri nostri de chosi indicto comitatu nostro bergs. The manner of chosi from which Cox was to receive his annual stipend of ten pounds, belonged to the lately dissolved monastery of Reading. Of Cox's later years, we know very little. Bale, in his brief account of Cox, mentions vaguely only one date. Cleruit, he writes, anno domini quindecim quadraginta. Tanner, giving Bale as his authority for the first date, says Cleruit grandavos, a quindecim quadraginta vel a quindecim quadraginta novem vid prefat paraphrase ad titum. Tanner thinks that perhaps Cox was master of the grammar school founded at Coventry by his friend John Hales, to whom he dedicates the translation of the paraphrase just referred to. Colville and Cooper both positively assert that he became master there in 1572. Cooper adds that if he held that appointment till his death, he must have died in 1599, when John Tovey succeeded to the mastership. At this last date, Cox would have been probably over a hundred, and on his appointment at Coventry, over seventy. If the name of Leonard Cox appears in the list of the masters of the Coventry School, the conjecture may be hazarded that this was perhaps a son of our Leonard Cox, bearing the same name. At all events, it is evident that Cox lived on into the reign of Edward VI, under whom it is stated that he was one of the licensed preachers. He left a son, Francis, who became a D.D. of New College, Oxford, in 1594, and according to Knight, another son, William, who was more likely, as others state, a grandson. Cox's name since his death has been known to few except professed antiquarians. End of section two.